BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ladies and gentlemen, episode 23, season three of the Daily Intermission podcast, a highly anticipated episode, I may add, because... I am back from Baltimore. I'm rejuvenated. And uh, I thought in the pregame show of this episode, I'd get right into it. I'd break down uh, you know, what I was doing down there, the things that I did down in, in Baltimore, and I'm really excited about it. I mean, it was a, a great trip. It's always nice to get away uh, from your regular routines. Um, I mean, it was uh, it was an experience to say the least. I'll get into that. Uh, quarter one, we'll talk about the NFL. Quarter two, we'll move into the NBA. Quarter three, we got some hockey talk. And quarter four, today's episode, a little bit of a miscellaneous, a little bit of NCAA football, a little bit of UFC, a little bit of PGA Tour, uh, and uh, a little bit of junior hockey as well, mainly Connor Bedard. But I'll start things off in the pregame show here, talking about my trip to Baltimore. So I guess many of you listeners are probably wondering, what the heck was Greg doing in Baltimore? Well, there's a limit to how much I can really go into my relationship, uh, but I have an investor in Baltimore, someone who has taken great care of the Daily Intermission, uh, really the driving financial force behind the Daily Intermission, and they reside in Baltimore. So I went down to visit them. I had never met them in person. Um, Obviously, it was about probably a year and a half ago when they recruited us off TikTok. Um, and now obviously, um, you know, with the changes that I've had uh, in the last three months, uh, it was time to meet them in person. And it was really, it was a great experience. Um, you know, they're amazing people, um, a giant company, I might add. Um, so it was, uh, it was really, uh, you know, a tremendous time, but I'll, I'll get into a little bit more. Um, so obviously I flew down uh, last Saturday um, and I flew Halifax to Toronto and then I had like a four hour layover and then Toronto to Baltimore. So I fly to Baltimore and a couple of the, uh, individuals at this company that I work with closely, um, similar to my age, uh, one was an intern. Uh, he actually plays lacrosse at Layola now. Um, shout out to Cole. So Cole, um, was an intern, uh, for a lot of the time for a lot of the, you know, business relationship that we've had going on. So he, he was there and, and, uh, another individual, we went out to dinner, um, had a pint, you know, caught up. Uh, acclimatized myself to Baltimore. It was really, it was a great, really great dinner. Um, and then Sunday um, was kind of my first full day in Baltimore. And so uh, my meetings weren't until Monday and Tuesday. So I was like, okay, I'll go explore a bit. And I went to the mall. Bad idea. Um, I realized pretty quickly that Baltimore is a lot different than uh, where I live in Nova Scotia. And I mean, that's, you know, it was clearly going to be the case. Uh, but I was a nervous wreck walking through the mall and just navigating the shops. Um, so, uh, I, and I hopped into an Uber, my first Uber drive. So this is one of three Uber drives that I was very uncomfortable in. I should note that moving forward, I'm an Uber black guy. I'll be upgrading the Ubers. I'm paying a premium to get a safe drive, um, moving forward in my Uber career. So, uh, that is something that I, I wanted to note that I am an Uber black guy now. 
Um, but my first Uber drive that was, I had, I probably had, you know, 10 Ubers, uh, obviously didn't have a car there. So I needed to travel around a little bit, obviously to the offices. I went to a nice gym with, um, you know, one of my, um, you know, one of the investors and, and he brought me to a nice gym. And so, uh, my first Uber drive was the Sunday and, and, uh, I get in the Uber and, you know, we're kind of, I'm just making, I'm making small talk as I normally do. Just making sure that there was a this office space that I'm in, I'm going to be completely honest. It, uh, there's doors shutting all the time and it's just a mess, but anyway, we're all good to go here. So the first Uber I get in, she asked, you know, you know, where are you from and what are you doing here? And, you know, I, I said, I was from Canada and, uh, from Nova Scotia specifically. And she said, Oh, okay. Nova Scotia. Is that in New York? This is after I said I'm from Canada. So that was interesting. Um, for sure. Uh, and my second Uber drive that was extremely sketchy was like, I picked up at the offices that I was meeting at heading back to the hotel and the guy had clearly just smoked a joint. It reeked of marijuana. All the windows were down. He was giggling the whole time. And I'm like a nervous rack. I'm like, this is just unbelievable. Like what like, this guy is clearly driving under the influence. And you know, all of these Uber drivers, they all have somehow have 4.95 to five stars. And I don't know how I didn't get it. It's probably because people like me are just, they're just too lazy to go back and rate them. But anyway, it was an unbelievable, like this guy was high as a kite driving me and it's like a 20 minute highway drive. It was, it was scary. And then anyway, it was these two Uber drives were, were unbelievable. But so the meetings come Monday and Tuesday and I'm at this giant office and I'm talking to some of the C-level suite of this company. And it's, it's unbelievable. Like their earnings are in the millions of dollars and I'm talking to them and they have a vision. I'm not going to talk about this too much, but you know, they want to make some more noise in the social space and you know, um, you know, I'm one of the, you know, key components to, you know, their social creation creators and, um, you know, it's just great conversation to have and, um, you know, talking about, you know, what their vision looks like and, you know, how I may fit into that. Um, so these meetings went on, you know, Monday and Tuesday and, um, you know, I'm a nervous wreck. Um, you know, these are some, some very powerful people that I'm talking to and really the driving force behind the daily intermission brand. So, you know, things went well. Um, you know, there was no conclusion. I've got no real news um, to share with you guys other than that the daily intermission will continue on and operating. And, um, you know, it, it just to, I guess for the next, for December and January, it'll just kind of be status quo. We'll get guests on. Uh, we'll continue to make content. Um, and then, you know, February, March, that's going to be a, a real pivotal point for me in terms of where I'm going to be, what this is going to look like. I really want to grow the daily intermission brand. And it, obviously it just can't be me. Um, you know, moving forward, it's, I'm going to have a team, a stable of folks making content, you know, doing podcasts, you know, I really want this daily mission brand to thrive. And, uh, obviously that, that goes beyond just me. So we'll see what that all looks like. I'm still mapping that out. And obviously to, uh, the company that, uh, I work with down South, obviously will be a big part of that as well. So uh, that's really exciting. That's kind of how the meetings went. That's as much as I can go into detail. Obviously I've got NDAs. I've got a limit to how much I can talk about the relationship and how much I can talk about really what went down. Uh, but some, uh, some other exciting things I've never held a gun. I'm Canadian. Uh, the gun laws are very strict in Canada. So we went to a shooting range. Um, one of the C-level suite individuals for this company very powerful individual, very powerful family in the Maryland area, calls a gun range and the guy shuts it down. And we go in and he's bringing out automatic rifles. I'm shooting an MP5 fully automatic, a shotgun. It was really uncomfortable for me. I don't think I've been that uncomfortable in a long time. I, I don't like shooting 
guns. I figured out that pretty quickly. I think it might grow on me, but I just didn't feel right doing it. And I think that's the Canadian in me. Uh, but I fired a handgun to start things off and the recoil on it. Like I just, I, I would never, I, I didn't enjoy shooting a handgun. The one I did sh- enjoy shooting um, was the submachine gun on uh, semi-automatic. That was the one I enjoyed because you can really pinpoint your shots. If you feel like in control, in control the whole time, the, the MP5 fully automatic was absolutely outrageous. And then I saw a shotgun and that is a piece of machinery that would do some damage. And, uh, I, yeah, I was finally shotgun. I don't know what I can do with those videos. I don't, I don't think I can post them on social media. Um, but if, I guess maybe if you request, uh, if you want to see some of those videos, I'll send them to you, uh, on Instagram or something like that. But it, it, it was a really cool experience for me, uh, being Canadian and firing guns, um, and then the Tuesday night, um, the family, uh, that I, that I do work with, they own a lot of restaurants downtown. So I went to the top of the four seasons. So if you saw the Instagram photo, that's where I was at the bygone, a beautiful restaurant there. I had a couple of drinks. Then I went to this beautiful Italian restaurant called Tagliata. And across from this Tagliata bar was this kind of secret, you know, very private bar. And so we had to, you know, obviously we, you know, we had some texts and uh, to the owners of these bars and we got in there and in the back of this bar is a thumbprint kind of cigar. It's, it's a very exclusive Baltimore bar. And so we get in there and we're smoking cigars and playing pool. And it's like the most exclusive club in Baltimore, like lockers, for example, Ray Lewis is a regular there. Ed Reed's a regular there. Um, these, some of the sea level suite of this company have lockers there. It was quite an experience. Nobody was there, unfortunately that night. And it wouldn't even really have mattered. I, I could tell the story on the podcast, but there's no photos being taken in this place. Um, but it was a really cool experience, uh, to go down to Baltimore. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of what I did. I was in meetings. I uh, went out to some nice restaurants, uh, obviously, um, you know, went shopping. I uh, did some shopping down uh, and, and, and through kind of the biggest uh, chewing tobacco lips you might ever imagine. Uh, I was really excited about dipping down in uh, down in Baltimore. So uh, that's how the trip went. Um, but coming back was was a was a real debacle. Um, so Wednesday morning. I have to I have to check out of the hotel at 11 a.m. Uh, my flight's at 5:30, so I'm a guy. You know, I'm very punctual, and you know I'm thinking, okay, well, listen, Canada's playing in the World Cup. I can go to the airport early. I can sit down, maybe have a pint, you know, watch this game. So the hotel's about half an hour away from the airport. I get picked up by this guy who's evidently on cocaine or is evidently on a drug, and I. You might think I'm kidding. I'm not. This guy was a fucking lunatic. He's got a beard, a greasy. He is your stereotypical, like, drugged out guy who's living in his mom's basement. Like, this guy was a sketch. And he is flying conversation at me, asking everything about me. I'm not giving him much, but I'm like freaking out. I'm like, this guy is an absolute sketch bag. Anyway, he's driving around like I'm. I'm looking at his 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 gas gauge, and he we're driving on 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 very little gas, and I'm I'm doing the math, and we're gonna have to go to a gas station before I get dropped off at the airport. Full on sketched out. Um, he's taking the longest route possible to the airport. Like I'm looking at my Uber app, and he's not going this direction. Like I'm full on freaking out. I'm thinking I might get pulled over in the ditch. Like I'm a guy who. I, I think like when I'm in these types of situations, I'm like, I'm, I resort to directly to, you know, this is worst case scenario. This is going down. Anyway, I'm freaking out. I got pulled hands on my suitcase. I'm like clenched fists. I'm like, if I got to fight this guy, then I'm fighting this guy. Uh, anyway, 
we get to the airport. I'm like, that was the worst, most miserable experience I've ever had in an Uber. Like I'm telling you right now for like 25 straight minutes, I was a nervous wreck in the back of those Uber. And anyway, I get to the airport and uh, yeah, I watch the rest of the Canada game. I kind of go down to my gate. I've got like three hours. I'm playing games on my phone. You know, I'm going live. I'm doing different things. And at 530, they tell us, they announce, or I guess it would have been before that around four. They're like, okay, it's going to be delayed till 630. Then delayed till 730. Then it was delayed. And then they just, the girl came on the, 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 the plane that was going to be switched over finally flew in and it ended up being canceled. So I was like, oh my goodness. So I Uber out of there, Uber Black, uh, to a hotel, get a hotel, spend the whole day in the hotel. And then I'm kind of checking my emails frequently to figure out you know, how I'm going to get home. And then they, the next day at 5.30, I fly out of there to Chicago, which is completely out of the way. If anybody knows geography, like I'm flying completely west when my de- my destination is east. So I flew to Chicago, uh, had a layover there uh, for about two hours and flew to Toronto, got into Toronto around 11 o'clock. This is on the Thursday. I was supposed to fly home on the Wednesday. So I can't get through security. So my flight from Toronto to Halifax is at 6.30 the next morning. I can't get through security until 3 a.m. I am a homeless individual at this point. I got bags under my eyes. I pushed three chairs together in like this restaurant, like lobby type deal and tried to sleep. Didn't get any sleep. I was sketching out. I was a nervous wreck this entire time home. So I ended up flying. Like when I got through security at three in the morning in Toronto, I that was the lowest of lows. Like sleep deprived, had no energy, couldn't sleep. My neck and back are sore. Finally get on the plane, passed out, got home to Halifax. And here we are getting my feet back under me. But yeah, that's kind of the that's kind of the sums up the trip to Baltimore. I wish it was more exciting. I wish uh, you know I could have some you know great stories other than sketchy Uber rides. I, firing the guns was amazing. Obviously, shopping and doing doing my thing. I ate a lot of Chick Fil A. Uh, I did shouldn't say a lot. I had Chick Fil A once. Ate a lot of Chipotle. Uh, big Mexican guy. Uh, went to some beautiful restaurants. So yeah, it was a great time. You know, I, I'll definitely be back uh, to Baltimore. Unfortunately, the Ravens weren't playing, but. Really enjoyed myself, and uh, yeah, that's uh, that's kind of went down. The daily mission will continue to, to grow, continue to you know move on, and we'll have support um, from from financial backers that uh, you know I'm extremely thankful for. So that's kind of the news update that I have for you now. Hopefully, in the next few weeks, months, I'll have more news for you. But I'm going to continue trucking. So that's good news for the daily mission. Ladies and gentlemen, that was a long-winded pregame show, but let's move into the NFL quarter one, and it was Thursday Night Football, which unfortunately, if you all know or do the math, I was unable to watch because I was traveling from Baltimore to Halifax, which really isn't that long of a flight, but I went all over half of North America to get home, so I was unable to watch the Bills absolutely dust the Patriots. Um, I think this was to be expected. The Bills are a Super Bowl favorite or have Super Bowl aspirations. The Patriots, kind of a fringe playoff team that might get there. Um, biggest takeaways from this game, uh, Stefan Diggs, absolute freak. Um, but Matt Jones was visually upset on the sideline during this game. Uh, you know, Matt Patricia, obviously the offensive coordinator, you know, offensive coach, uh, for the Patriots, you know, may not have been doing the best job. I mean, it looked like Matt Jones was visibly upset with the play calling. I mean, he looks like he wanted to throw more. I don't know. I, I mean, I'm indifferent. I mean, you know, I, I've trusted the Patriots coaches for years now. I don't think I'm going to lose faith in them now. Um, you know, Mac Jones obviously had a massive throwing week against the Vikings. I'm not sure if he could have done it against the Bills. Um, obviously a tough loss, but the Bills are a very good football team. The Patriots aren't as good as the Bills. I mean, I think that's a fact. Uh, so I think Mac's got to calm down. But, yep, 
The Bills dust the Patriots on Monday Night Football are now the number one seed in the AFC due to the, the Chiefs' loss yesterday against the Bengals, which I'll get into briefly. But it was a weird slate on Sunday. I looked at the slate on Sunday, and I was like, man, there's a lot of games here that like I'm, one, not really interested in, two, going to be struggling to bet on. So I tried to give my three best bets. Uh, obviously went two and one. Uh, but we're all right with that. But I think the biggest storyline from Sunday was Deshaun Watson. After two years of not playing in the NFL, I mean, this guy was a top five quarterback in the NFL out of Clemson. For a lot of great years with Houston, and I mean, I mean, clearly the NFL, you know, targeted this return, but he returned against the Houston Texans, and he looked awful. He looked absolutely terrible. What he threw for 150 yards and an interception, like really did not play well. Um, there was about a half building in Houston, and he was getting booed. He was getting absolutely booed. I'm just going to whip out my phone here so I can read through some of the stat lines. Uh, but yeah, Deshaun Watson didn't look fantastic. And I guess that was to be expected. Uh, I put out a post on my TikTok about like if you could predict um, you know, how he would play or his, if you could predict his stat line correctly, then I would send you um, some merch. But that was not the case. Uh, but the Browns did get the win. I mean, Houston Texans, you know, they were awful. They had Kyle Allen playing. He was brutal. But 131 yards and a pick. Just terrible. So who do the Browns have next week? Who are who's uh, Deshaun? I, I feel bad for Jacoby Brissett, and I think everybody should feel bad for Jacoby Brissett. I mean, this guy was balling. He was getting some wins, and obviously, too, the guaranteed money. You know, Deshaun Watson was going to get the start, but he looked brutal. I'd go back to Jacoby. They get the Bengals next week, so that's going to be a better test for Deshaun Watson. Um, but I feel bad for Jacoby. I think Jacoby could eventually get a starting job in the NFL again next year. Um, but uh, Aaron Rodgers continues to own the Browns. The Green Bay Packers take care of the Chicago Bears. Justin Fields continues to showcase that he's one of the best running quarterbacks in the NFL, but he's a little dicey when it comes to throwing the ball. Obviously, two interceptions. Uh, he threw for like 270 yards, but I'm starting to turn the table Maybe get a little glimpse of hope with the, with uh, Justin Fields in terms of maybe he can have a better year next year. But I think that he's he, he'll have to close up the season strong and he'll have to show at the beginning of next year that he is that guy or else the Browns might have to move on from this guy. Jalen Hurts and the Philadelphia Eagles absolutely dismantled the Tennessee Titans and Jalen Hurts went off. Shout out to Andrew Petrie, good friend of the show, P. Rain. Uh, in the chalkboard app, he had boots on the ground, was at the game, and his Philadelphia Eagles performed for him. Jalen Hurts, like 380 yards, passing A.J. Brown, two touchdowns against his former team. Devontae Smith got his. The Eagles played really well, and a big question for them was their run defense. And what a better test, uh, no better test than Derrick Henry, and they shut Derrick Henry down. So the Eagles looked fantastic, blew the wheels off the Tennessee Titans. So congrats to the Philadelphia Eagles who continue to be a wagon. And they've got better news this week because Jimmy Garoppolo, Jimmy G, Jimmy GQ, maybe the one of the more attractive human beings in sports is done for the year. The San Francisco 49ers lose their second quarterback. And now we'll move to Brett Purdy, Brock Purdy, Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant, the last pick out of Ohio state, out of Ohio State, out of Iowa State, last overall in the 2022 NFL Draft, will now start for the San Francisco 49ers. Ah, that's a big shot to their Super Bowl hopes. We'll see, though. Brock Purdy looked pretty poised. They won against the uh, against the Dolphins this week, uh, but it sucks for the 49ers, a team that just has been riddled with injuries the last two years, and it continues to be funneled in on the uh, on the 49ers with the loss of Jimmy Garoppolo. So we'll see what Brock Purdy has. 
Um, and uh, we'll see if he can, uh, you know, continue to uh, grow. And, and, you know, what a story that would be if they can make some noise in the playoffs with a, with a rookie quarterback. Excuse me. The Bengals hold off the Chiefs at home 27 to 24. It was a great game. I uh, really enjoyed watching that game. Um, I thought deep down that the Chiefs were going to actually have no issues there. But the Bengals are starting to get their stride. They're 8-4 and four now. They're tied with the Ravens at the top of the AFC North. And the Ravens lost Lamar Jackson with a knee injury. So that's good news for the Bengals. So the Bengals are starting to storm onto the scene. Um, and, uh, yeah, so we'll see what happens in that AFC North. It's going to be a Bengals-Ravens uh, race. But I think the Bengals are in good shape. I mean, next week they host the Cleveland Browns, as we just noted. And, I mean, Deshaun Watson's an absolute plug. So we'll see what happens there. Cowboys hang a 54-piece on the Colts. Jeff Saturday, tough scene there. Matt Ryan threw three picks, I think. I mean, the guy is an absolute washed-out machine. Um, but uh, they did it. I mean, the Cowboys did it with good defense. Uh, the run game, the rush, the, I mean, the, the dual-headed monster right now of Tony Pollard and, and Ezekiel Elliott continues to impress. I think the Cowboys are they're going to be a force to be reckoned with, but they're going to have obviously they're not going to catch the Eagles, or I don't think I don't suspect they do. So they're not going to have a great. They're going to be maybe a wild card team. They're going to have a tough uh, matchup in the wild in the um, in the NFC wild card rounds. But we'll see what happens there. I mean, the 49ers, the Cowboys fans are just through the roof. They're they're ecstatic about how they're playing. So that was fun to watch. And tonight in the Monday Nighter, folks. We got the Saints versus the Bucks. I'm all over the Bucks. I think the Bucks beat the wheels off them, but I am in desperate need of Alvin Kamara for 20 points. So I'm hoping that this game maybe, you know, gets a little out of hand so that they'll be dumping it off to Alvin Kamara for a bunch of garbage time yards. I need a touchdown out of him. He's only got one in the year, I do believe. So that's going to be exciting. I mean, this is not the worst matchup. I mean, if the Bucks, I mean, it could be a snoozer, but I'm hoping it's explosive. I need a lot of yards from Alvin Kamara. I need a lot of catches and I need. A touchdown at least. So we'll see what happens. But Saints box on Monday night. I'm on the box. What's that spread? Let's check out what the spread is. I should be operating. I operate my cell phone when I'm looking at information. By the way, we're going to be live on YouTube for this episode. I'm back in the YouTube swing of things. So this will be full uh, episode on YouTube. What, what's the line here? Box minus three. That's absolutely hammered. I love the box minus three. All right. Well, it wasn't the complete full breakdown of the NFL. I mean, we talked about some of the major news that went down. But we're going to move into quarter two, NBA. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Kind of one of the headlines that kind of sprinkles into the NFL as well was LeBron James came out this week and he was very vocal in the media about how everybody was quick to jump on Kyrie Irving and his anti-Semitism um, comments. But Jerry Jones, a photo of Jerry Jones came out and there was a segregation photo of him from like 1954 and how nobody was quick to hop on Jerry Jones. And, you know, obviously I'm kind of in LeBron's court here. You know, it's, uh, you know, people are very quick to hop on these athletes, but you know, when these people have power, I mean, obviously I shouldn't say that. I mean, there's a lot of people, you know, kind of in that can in the canceled ring and the canceled combat area. But yeah, Jerry Jones, I think that, you know, as this photo surfaced and I get it's from 1954, but I think you should comment on it and say, you know, where you should kind of be vocal about where you stand now and, you know, not apologize, but kind of say, you know, how you understand how that was just complete, 
you know, how you were a complete fool for, you know, thinking that ideology, that ideology was, was correct. So anyway, it was an interesting storyline. You can read up about that, but LeBron James, there might be some substance to, you know, what he talked about this week in the media. I got to give some credit to Zion Williamson. This guy has been an absolute monster and he has arrived healthy. Zion Williamson is one of the more dominant forces in the NBA in today's game. And I'm, I'm going to stick by that. This guy is in a, you know, seemingly extremely efficient. The Pelicans are 15 and eight. They look fantastic. He dominates in the paint. He is just a, he's just an absolute monster. He's an, he is a problem. He's Shaq. He's mini Shaq out there. Really enjoyed watching Zion, and I think we got to give him credit. He's got he deserves his flowers. I mean, this guy took a ton of flack the last two years with him sitting out. So Zion Williamson's been a pleasure to watch. I've been really enjoying the Pelicans team. I think this is a team that could make some noise down the stretch. Obviously, we're only twenty five games into the NBA season, but he's been fantastic. So shout out to Zion Williamson. Anthony Davis, another guy that, I mean, we're all so hard on. I mean, he wears street clothes, seems like, half the season, every season on the bench. But Anthony Davis, 44 and 55 this last two games. I'm no mathematician, but if this pattern continues, he'll have 66 in his next game. But the Lakers are almost back to 500. Anthony Davis finally looking like the Anthony Davis we expect. I mean, dominant. Um, you know, really a mismatch against every single person in the NBA. So Anthony Davis, it's good to see him back. It's good to see the Lakers winning some games. Uh, Russell Westbrook now coming off the bench. So, I mean, the Lakers have been good. Um, we'll see what they, they're going to be a team that's making some moves at the trade deadline. I do suspect, uh, but we'll see what happens there with the, the, uh, Los Angeles Lakers, Anthony Davis looking like a monster. I did want to mention some of the rookies in the NBA that have been exciting to watch. This Benedict Matherin for the for the Pacers, he's been a monster. I mean, he's putting up some serious numbers. He's been a DraftKings machine. He's coming off the bench some games, but he's kind of been the most efficient scorer for the Indiana Pacers this season uh, behind Tyrese Halliburton. Sorry, there was a door that just opened and... I don't know why I've been on edge lately, but when these doors open and these... I'm, on, I'm in sketchy overs anyway... Benedict Matherin for the Pacers. Got to take note of he's having a great rookie campaign. And Benedict, fantastic name. I was thinking, I always think about, you know, when I hear a name like Benedict, I'm like, I kind of like that. I always resort to like, you know, when I hopefully have children in the future, what are my children's going to be named? Benedict. Benedict Brown, probably not going to be on the slate, but I can guarantee you right now, I don't know if I've mentioned this on the podcast. I think I have through the hundreds of episodes that I've recorded. Brady Brown will be the name of my first son. Brady Brown. Yes, because I am a Tom Brady fan, and that's non-negotiable for my future wife. So if you're out there, my future wife, our first son will be Brady Brown. And if we don't have a son, we'll be popping them out until we do. I might have five straight daughters, but I'll have a sixth and seventh child looking for the son because Brady will be in the mix. That's just a public service announcement, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, ben Charo for Orlando has been fantastic. Uh, Jaden Ivey for Detroit has been a you know, great story. And Shaden Sharp, Canadian for Portland, he's got some hops. He's been exciting to watch. So the rookies have really put on a good show, and, and they've been fun to watch. But, I mean, they all play for real dumpster fire teams. So, I mean, I'm not watching them frequently. I catch the highlights of these guys. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it, it's, it's good to see that these teams have some talent to be you know, hopeful, uh, that they can build around, um, you know, have some foundations uh, for the future. TJ Warren. I hadn't heard this name in years. That's because he hasn't been in the league for two years. I mean, this guy was a guy who, you know, he was a he was actually a decent scorer, volume scorer for the Indiana for the Indiana Pacers. Um, and I think Phoenix. I think Phoenix and Indiana. I could be wrong there. Uh some of my NBA gurus could correct me on that. 
But he's making his return after two years, and he's playing for the Brooklyn Nets. I mean, if this guy can find some form, this guy could be a serious addition for the Brooklyn Nets, who, mind you, lost to the Boston Celtics, who are an absolute wagon. But the Boston Celtics obviously ended a Brooklyn Nets six-game win streak. So the Nets are kind of finding their groove. Uh, Ben Simmons sidelined for six weeks. No surprise there. But, I mean, with Kyrie and Kevin Durant and maybe TJ Warren, I mean, I like the I like what this Brooklyn Nets team is shaping out to be. I mean, they're an absolute content machine. I don't know if they could, you know, build the winning culture with those absolute lunatics in their locker room, but who knows? They got some promise there. I mean, they I mean they're they're winning games and um, you know, they uh, they're getting some help. And maybe TJ Warren can find some uh find some uh, stuff. The West outside of, of the Suns is going to be an absolute dogfight. The the East outside of Boston and Milwaukee is going to be an absolute dogfight. So it seems like night in, night out, it's getting harder and harder to pick who's going to win games. Um, you know, teams are really struggling in the East. And uh, a lot of teams hovering around that 500 mark. And it's uh, the NBA right now is fun to watch. So, um, yeah, make sure uh, I'm going to I think I'm going to have a big NBA week in, in the DraftKings scene and in the betting scene. So make sure you hop on that chalkboard app. Um, and we'll get in we're continuing to bet against the Utah Jazz. Obviously, when I was in Baltimore, I was my sportsbook was unable to work, and I wasn't gonna, you know, pop money into a, a sportsbook that wasn't gonna work at home because, you know, because then you can't take and 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 uh, invest money into it, uh, deposit and withdrawal, I should say. So, uh, so that was annoying. But uh, I'm back in the uh, in the betting scene. I did want to mention the Boston Celtics are an absolute wagon. And the Boston Bruins are an absolute wagon. I was thinking, man, if the Patriots could go on a nice run, it might be the year that the Boston Sports City wins all four championships. I'm waiting on that year. <laughs> a lot of people are going to be disappointed with that. But that's going to conclude the NBA talk. A lot of good, a lot of parody, a lot of uh, exciting NBA players. Still a lot of injuries around the league, but uh, it's been fun to watch. Moving into quarter three, we got the National Hockey League, and Jason Robertson deserves some time on the Daily Mission podcast because he has been an absolute wagon. Obviously, a 40 goal scorer last year. I think he flies a little bit under the radar uh, playing in Dallas. Not a huge hockey market, um, but 23 goals on the season leads the league. What an absolute wagon. I had him in fantasy last year. I thought it was a great pickup, um, but he's been fantastic. He's third in the league in points, first in goals. Uh, just been an absolute stud for the Dallas Stars. So Jason Robertson, if you don't watch this guy, he's a big dude, uh, left-handed shot, and he just creates offense. He's a fantastic player for the Dallas Stars. Don't watch a ton of Dallas Stars games, but I know that him and Rupe Hamps, massive wagons. And this guy missed a few games at the beginning of the season, I do believe. He signed like a four-year, $7.5 million deal. A lot of people were like, is that an overpayment? Certainly not. might have been an underpayment for this guy. Jason Robertson, been an absolute monster. The Leafs. I'm going to just straight up apologize to Leafs fans. I know I'm hard on them, and it seems like every every season I'm quick to like pounce on them and be like, they they don't have the winning formula. They don't have a winning agenda. You know, the formula that they have, the recipe that they're building in Toronto is not a winning mentality, but they just continue to win in regular season games. And, you know, obviously, you know, they have to show in the playoffs. That's the biggest thing is like, yeah, you can win it. You can come, you know, fourth or fifth in the league overall and third, second in the Atlantic division. But until you win a playoff series, it's not really going to mean that much. But one thing that is very meaningful for Leafs fans right now is Mitch Marner. Mitch Marner now holds the record for the most regular season games with a point. 19 straight games. Mitch Marner has found the score sheet and he's been an absolute beast. He's playing with John Tavares right now. I mean, those two have got just a great chemistry and Mitch Marner. I mean, you know, you have to think with Austin Matthews off to a slower start, you have to think that maybe, you know, Mitch Marner deserves a little bit more flowers than what he gets. And 
I mean, I don't know what's going on with Austin Matthews. I, I, I heard there's some speculation that he's got a new girlfriend and he's just absolutely plowing the wheels off of her. So that might be taken away a little bit from his hockey focus. But in all in all, Mitch Marner's been fantastic. And, I, you know, I had to give him a shout out. Now 19 straight games with the point. The Leafs, I think, for fourth overall in the league. They've been fantastic. They've got, you know, for a one team, for, a, you know, a time that we were questioning their goaltending with Matt Murray and, uh, Ilya Samsonov and, and, and Eric Schalgren now looks like they've got some pretty good depth at that position. Obviously, they're banged up across the lineup, especially D. Um, but they've been fantastic. You know, they're doing really well. And hopefully, Jason Robertson, his Jason Robertson's brother's Nick, can really pick it up and start to make some noise in that lineup because he's going to get some top six <clears throat> opportunity. Connor McDavid, forty-seven points on the season. In 25 games, this guy is the best hockey player we've ever watched. I mean, it seems like every night this guy gets at least two points. He's almost at a two-point-per-game pace. I Like, this guy's a human highlight reel. And I, it's almost like every podcast, I'm like, go watch Connor McDavid. This guy is a freak of nature. He's so exciting. And it's kind of like every time he breaks out of, the, out of his own end with speed, it's like, oh, here we go. And uh, one of the best power plays in the league. And Leon Dreisaitl, obviously, is just this team. I'm on them to win the Cup. And you can you can say what you want. Jack Campbell's been shit, but so have a lot of the goalies around the league. Stuart Skinner's been okay, but this Edmonton Oilers team is going to make some noise. And uh, if you're not on them already, make sure you're on the Edmonton Oilers. The Boston Bruins. Ah, oh, it's been so refreshing watching the Boston Bruins. They absolutely dismantled the Colorado Avalanche this weekend. They're undefeated at home, an NHL record fourteen and zero to start the season at home. I mean, they just, they're so deep. They're fantastic. I mean, David Pasternak keeps filling the net. I mean, I just, they're just such a lovely team to watch. They're so skilled. They've got such great, I mean, Jim Montgomery, I don't know what he said to them, but I mean, their team chemistry is unbelievable. Hampus Lindholm has been fantastic. Now you got Charlie McAvoy back in the lineup. Both goalies, Jeremy Swayman and, and Hampus Lind, and um, Linus Allmark have been fantastic. This Boston Bruins team is going to, they're going to be in the playoffs, clearly. And they're going to be a, a team to be reckoned with. I mean, as long as they have this, formula of winning at home um they're gonna be a tough team to beat in the playoffs i mean they, they've just been such a delight to watch i'm loving it so uh they're i think 23 20 and 3 on the, on the season so they've been fantastic shout out to the boston bruins <clears throat> okay this is an issue i've got with the play at the nhl right now and i'm not sure if this is going to be polarizing or not but it's something i wanted to bring up on the podcast was so obviously if a game goes past the five minutes of three on three overtime it goes into a shootout Okay, so right now, some of the shooters are slowing down so slow, like they're almost, they're not almost not even moving, stick kind of thing. I find that so unfair for goaltenders, and it, it kind of just pisses me off. It's like, all right, boys, like, let's get in there. And it's, it's just almost like an automatic goal because the goaltenders are falling asleep. And anyway, I hate when the guys go slow. So I'm like, okay, so what could happen here? So what happens if the shooter started at the blue line and at the far blue line, there was a back checker? Is that absolutely outrageous? And I know I'm, I give out some outrageous takes in in the, in the uh, NHL section of this podcast, like the, the Leafs having to trade for Connor Murphy, uh, Jonathan Taves, and, and, and Patrick Kane. But I'll move on from that uh, proposal. I do apologize for all the people that, or for all of the people that think I'm insane for proposing that. Whatever, I, I'll stand by it. Um, is that a ludicrous idea as well? Like I need to find a way for the shooters and to give the goaltenders more of a chance. Like. These guys, these highly skilled guys, not even moving, going down and just showcasing their mitts. Like it's it, like Trevor's egress. Like, like it's just it's just such an obnoxious play. It's not a hockey play to me. Like these guys, like they should have a little bit of pressure on them, shouldn't they? Like it should be a breakaway, not a not a just a, a full on like showcase. 
Like I get like that could be an all-star game event, but like it's, it's a little bit childish. It's a little bit goofy to me. Anyway, speaking of goofy, might be the biggest clown in the league. Jordan Bennington. This guy, somebody's got to kick the shit out of this guy. So they were playing against the Pittsburgh Penguins on the weekend and, and, and Jason Zucker was flying around the net and like Bennington, not quite Arendelle him. Obviously we remember what Arendelle did to front of the show, Drake Batherson last year, missed 51 games due to it. But it's a dangerous play. Jordan Bennington, then he's like, takes his mask off and he's like chatting with the band. Like, he's just, he's such a clown. And Craig Berube, the coach, was like, dude, like, you gotta, you gotta, that's enough with that. Like, it's not helping anything, him being such a clown. And he hit Eric Stahl the other night playing against Florida and, and like, or Jordan Stahl versus Carolina. And it's like, like, dude, like, like, there is protocols in place to protect goaltenders. You can't go out there and ask for it. Like, I think I, I wanna see him fight. And I wanna see him fight Ryan Reeves and I wanna see him get the shit kicked out of him. That's just me. It's been a real tough season for the for goalies in the NHL this season. Uh, we look at Jacob Markstrom came out this week in the media and said he sucks at hockey. Uh, Thatcher Demko is going to miss the next six weeks for Vancouver. He hasn't looked as good as he has in the past. Jack Campbell's been terrible for the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, is it Carl Pedersen? Is it Carl Pedersen? Or is that another name? I always... Uh, shoot. Anyway, Pedersen, backup goaltender for the LA Kings, was sent down, actually waved, sent down to the minors. He had a a solid season last year. So it's been a tough year for goaltenders across the league. Shesterkin, uh, obviously upset with his play. Vasilevsky's save percentage has dropped a bunch. So it's been a tough year for goaltenders in the league. And I don't know if that's a shout out or a testament to the offense right now in the NHL. But anyway, it's, uh, it's something to monitor is, is uh, the top goaltenders in the league struggling. But I mean, there has still been some fire wagons. I'm looking at Ilya Sorokin and, um, <clears throat> and, um, why do I always forget his name? Linus Allmark and there's others, but some of the goaltenders that we're used to having being very strong in the league, not doing so well. All right. I'm exhausted, but we're moving into quarter four right now. I need a coffee or something or a Red Bull. I need to have like a giant Red Bull on hand when I'm recording. But quarter four, it's the miscellaneous quarter and we'll start things off in the PJ Tour. Victor Hovland goes back to back at the Hero World Challenge. It's not a big tournament. There's like 20 guys, a lot of superstars. Um, Tiger's event obviously hosted in the Bahamas, but uh, Tiger was in the mix. Obviously, dropped out, wasn't able to play in the tournament. He's got plantar fasciitis in his right foot, tough for Tiger, but he had Charlie in the mix down there. <clears throat> They've got their father son just around the corner. He's going to be able to play in the match versus Jordan Spieth and Justin Thomas. I mean, Tiger was, was very vocal about uh, Charlie this week saying how. Um, you know, he sometimes outdrives him and, um, you know, his, his mental game is like, he's always picking on him mentally to try to strengthen his mental game and kind of what his father did to him. And I'm just so, you know, fascinated by this Charlie Woods. And I think a lot of the golf world is to see, you know, how he's going to hold up and, and live on his father's legacy. Um, it talked about how his swing, he tries to mimic Roy McIlroy and it does look very similar to Roy McIlroy's swing. So, I mean, shout out to Tiger and, and Charlie and, and the event they host in the, in the Bahamas. And, and now it's kind of time to shift focus. I, obviously, I didn't give out best bets because it was only a 20-man field. But I guess this is a great time to mention that I am going to be setting up the Run Your Pool this week. And we're going to get a massive Run Your Pool field in this week. So or this year for the uh, golf one and done. That's very exciting for me. And I know a lot of you enjoy that. So if you're a PGA golf fan or even a casual fan, it's really fun to pick a golfer that you think is going to win. And then whatever they earn that week will, it, it's a season long total. And whoever ends up with the most money at the end of the year, will get a prize. And that prize will be uh, a, a prize from run your pool. And also a prize from, uh, I'll, I'll give out a prize as well. 
Some massive fights in the UFC this weekend. UFC 282, Patty the Batty's back in the mix. Darren Till back in the mix. Uh, so that'll be exciting. I'm, I'm excited for that. Uh, there were some good fights this weekend too. Uh, Tua, Talavalo, or Tua, Tua Tavasa, the, the New Zealand guy who likes to do shoeies. He got knocked the fuck out. So there's some good fights this weekend in the UFC. Um, that'll be fun to watch. I think the, the light heavyweight belt on, uh, is the main event. So that'll be watched. Uh, NCAA football playoffs are announced. Uh, Georgia will take on Ohio State December 31st. And then in the late game, Michigan will take on TCU. So that is the four teams that make the college playoffs. I'm going Georgia versus Michigan in the in the, um, in the final. Oh, that's exciting. That's going to be exciting. I, college football has grown on me the last few weekends. <laughs> I'm going to be a big college football guy moving on. I, that's something that I've got to work on. Uh, and just finally, the World Juniors are just around the corner in Halifax. I'm looking for tickets. So if you know how to get tickets or if you have an extra ticket for me to come in and watch the World Juniors with you, I want to watch Canada play. I want to watch Connor Bedard. So hook me up and bring me in. All right, ladies and gentlemen, make sure you're following along on the social media platforms. Make sure you're giving it a five-star review. I really do appreciate you guys. Um, you know, let's uh, let's keep growing this thing. Let's have yourselves a wonderful week. I'll be back on Friday. Ladies and gentlemen, have yourselves a wonderful week. I'm out. Let's go.